This week on Overtime, we take a deep dive into Zacchaeus, the wee little man. It's a lot of fun. This is going to be incredible. Take a moment, like, subscribe. Let's get it. Center City Church, you already know. Welcome to Center City Overtime, a weekly podcast where we take a little more time to dive into Sunday's message. And this week we're talking about Zacchaeus. Yes. The wee little man. The wee little man. I hope you know that what, what we're talking about. If you don't, you're like, man, she's rude, but it's a song. And um, you had us sing along with you this week, which was always fun yeah, on is. a Sunday morning. But when we did that, I learned that people learn different versions of that song. So you sing that he climbed up in a sycamore tree. To see what he could see. And I learned. The right way. We're not going to do, we're going to talk about more serious I mean, things like, in this. Like, I'm not going to fight. Song. <laughs> so the amount of, uh, the amount of syllables in the way that you do it is just too many. Yeah. But for the Lord, he wanted to see, it's probably more biblically accurate because he wanted to see Jesus. Yes. It sounds a little King Jamesy. <laughs> so we want to know, put in the comments, which line you learned, unless you learned to see what he could see, because I, I want my side to win. And that has nothing to do with the rest of what we're, we'll nope. talk about. But I was just too fascinated to realize that there are two versions of this song out there. Yeah, you know, it's funny too, I, as, as silly as it sounds, it does speak to the diversity of our community. Mm-hmm. People have come not just from different denominations, but even different language groups. We have a lot of people who learn that song in Spanish True. and a lot of people who learn that song in Creole and uh, their versions of it change a little bit based off of the translation and words that rhyme and things of that nature. So I, fi- I, I think it's it's a fascinating um, nuance of our community. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And um, just so we're all on the same page, in case you don't know the story of Zacchaeus, it's in Luke, am yeah. I right? Yeah, Luke chapter 19. Luke 19. But it's a story of this shorter man named Zacchaeus who was a tax collector who wanted to see Jesus coming by. That's why I like the story so um, much. Yeah, and he couldn't see over the crowd, yeah. which is actually something that I totally identify with. Um, I hate when I can't see over the crowd. So he climbed a tree and then instead of just watching Jesus pass by, spoiler alert, Jesus came up to the tree and invited himself over for dinner. Were you a tree climber growing up? I was a tree climber growing up. We had a cherry tree in my backyard and um, I loved to climb up in that thing. All my Fort Lauderdale people, mango trees everywhere. So we would climb mango trees to get the mangoes. That sounds amazing. Yeah, and they actually make for a really good climbing tree, so. Cool. Sorry, just curious. Yeah, that's fine. Um, Jesus never in person showed up at a tree that I was climbing, but but he was with me. There was one time there was a storm. I shouldn't have been outside and I definitely shouldn't have been climbing a tree, but you know storms can pop up really fast in the summer and suddenly it was thundering and lightning. And I do really remember Jesus being close to me when I was terrified. It takes longer to get down out of the tree than it does to get up. Well, sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's real quick. True, true. Um, So we're in this come and see series and talking about the story of Zacchaeus and the way that Jesus approaches him. And I love that you were so just kind of practical, almost simple, but in a profound way that the first thing we have to realize is Jesus noticed Zacchaeus. Will you talk a little bit about what it means to notice someone? Yeah, because as simple as that is, I do think that that's the bigger issue today. Um, We don't, we don't notice. Uh, So 
again, in the story, Zacchaeus um, really is painted as a monster by a lot of his community. So um, for Jesus to notice anyone, you think he would notice the religious or the, the self-proclaimed righteous or uh, those who looked and, and kind of talked and walked like him. Zacchaeus was the outcast, the one that mm-hmm. uh, people were trying not to notice. So for Jesus to notice Zacchaeus was a huge deal. It required him really to walk with his eyes up is, mm-hmm. is the phrase that we use. Because I do think, again, today we have a tendency, our attention um, our attention is fought for constantly. Whether it's that thing in your pocket that's constantly vibrating or that task that's swirling in the back of your head that's trying to demand as much attention as possible. Even to friends and family, it's it's sometimes tough to notice your neighbor. It's, it's tough to spend time actually purposely considering somebody who lives even in close proximity, but they're not necessarily that inner circle. So I do think that Jesus paints a phenomenal picture of what it looks like to live life looking up. Mm-hmm. How, um, just as people who probably aren't going to walk by in a parade, like, how do we do that? I know you can say like, hey, we don't notice our neighbors. We're really distracted. But is there any advice that you would give us on like how to pay yes. attention? So I do think for majority of the people watching, um, your, your struggle with technology is something that you're probably, I, I, the more I talk to people, more I realize we're all dealing with the same thing. We're all dealing with uh, the, I don't like using the word addiction, but the strong pulling of our electronic uh, mediums, whatever mm-hmm. that whatever that is. Um, I, I do think that intentionality requires planning and execution. So when it comes to noticing your neighbors, really practically knock on your neighbor's door. Like we're really specific in this conversation to say neighbor are people who are close in proximity. I'm not Mm -hmm. looking for my neighbor. I know exactly where they are. So whether it's a neighbor at your your job because they work in the cubicle next to you or your neighbor at school because you have the same classes with them or your neighbor that physically just lives next door, I think the practical execution of knocking on the door or taking time to prepare a moment, you know, um, I've already heard some people who have like baked cookies or have trying to figure out whether they're doing, what kind of parties they're doing to kind of invite their neighbors over. Are they gonna walk door to door? I've heard people using the Easter egg hunts, that packets that we provided as an opportunity to say, no, I wanna get to know my neighbors. I think we need to spend intentional time. Um, But I also think people need to really monitor how much time they're spending. I find that I gotta be careful that every pause in my life is not filled. And that just requires really intentionally consider. And most cell phones do a really good job of giving you that those that that data point. Like, hey, this is how much you used your phone this week. I think that that yeah, should, I turned that off. Yeah, I think that <laughs> that should, should convict some people. That should really be a motivator. Like for all our data nerds, that really, how much time are you spending? Um, versus how much time you're spending with the Lord versus how much time you're spending with others. Um, I think you'd be a little bit surprised how much that can motivate you to the right things. Yeah, that's such a good point. I feel like some of it too is like, I know you got to kind of feel things out and we want people to be uncomfortable. It's not always going to be comfortable to approach a neighbor, but some of it, I think we can also do ourselves favors with like, if you live in a house, Go in your front yard sometimes instead of your backyard. Or for me, I have a little balcony that's 
barely fits two people on it, but all my neighbors have little balconies too. And when the weather's nice, if I'm just out there, I'm more likely to see people walking by and say hello to them. But sometimes we get so scared of that knock on the door, but it might be that for some people, that first step is just being more available, like not hiding behind a screen, but also not hiding behind a fence or inside. I mean, the weather's terrible right now, but it's gonna be pretty again. Yeah. I think there's also some mutual benefit that we lose sight of. I really do feel that life, um, if, you're, if, you're, if you're living the type of life where everything seems really dramatic and it's all about you and it's very stifling and, and, and you can't escape some of those issues, there's really a good chance that you're leaving it insulated um, and, and separated. So getting to know your neighbors is a good opportunity for you to kind of even escape some of those things that mm-hmm. might be haunting you, for lack of a better term. So I do think that it's mutual beneficial to, to get to know people, to, to, to step into community like that. Yeah, yeah. So after Jesus notices Zacchaeus, he does something really surprising because he says, come down, I'm going to your house to eat. And um, there's part of me that feels like, oh my gosh, that's so rude. Zacchaeus didn't have time to like clean and prepare for such a special guest. And yet you made the point that it's it's really, it's an amazing act of hospitality on Jesus's part to say, I'm going to go to where you are. And so when we're people who invite our neighbors to come and see, we go to where they are. What, is, what, is, what does that mean? So this is a uh, revolutionary thought in Jesus's day, and I think m- must lead to revolutionary thinking in our day. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2023, the church has bought into this idea that the objective is to seclude ourselves because at all costs, we need to protect ourselves from the warring sinful world that we're surrounded by. We never see that biblically. In the example of Jesus, he went to Zacchaeus's house. The idea was, I'm going to invade your space with my presence. There's healing in his presence. There's miraculous, um, there's all kinds of miracles mm-hmm. in his presence. There's teaching in his presence. And people were clamoring for the presence of Jesus. And he's like, no, no, I came to seek and save those who are lost. My presence is for those who have been broken, who are living in that place of brokenness. So. I think as believers, we should take the same approach. I I think we're just too afraid that people's issues are gonna somehow, uh, you know, even in this story, quickly they grumbled and they were grumbling because Jesus would, how dare he eat with a notorious sinner. Instantly, they were quick to label Zacchaeus by everything that he was. And and Jesus just turns it all on its head. It's like, you can worry about the social implications. You can worry about the religious implications. My objective is to bring life change to those who are broken. I can't do that unless I spend time with the broken. And the broken are not always coming. Sometimes we have to go. And that's why this picture to me has been like, uh, I don't, uh, I'm I'm trying to engage my neighbors. I'm not waiting for my neighbors to engage me. Uh, I, I'm trying to make sure that in, in a lot of the opportunities that I have for those who are close in proximity, I'm engaging in relationship. And I'm not waiting for them to figure it out or waiting for things to change or waiting for the ideal moment. Um, I'm really hoping that the presence of God that that I know um, is in me, the, the presence of God that I know that I carry can bring life change, can bring miracles, can bring teaching, can bring transformation to a home. I think we need to be proactive in our approach. Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. I am, 
it is it is profound because it's not the way that we're wired. And even those of us who can think if you if you grew up in church and you know the word like evangelism, it still a lot of times has this connotation in our heads that that is inviting someone to church or waiting for someone to show up at church on a Sunday morning. And what we're talking about and come and see, yes, absolutely, invite people to church. We would love to see them, but it goes so far beyond that. And um, you kind of talked about this difference between rescue and recruit. And I think a lot of times we, if we've grown up hearing a message like this before, we're immediately in our heads thinking, okay, this is, this is before Easter, we gotta get more people in the door. Like how many neighbors am I gonna go talk to? And we put this pressure on ourselves to be like, recruiters for the army or something. And yet that's not at all what it's about. It's it's about rescue. How can we shift our mentality if we like for those people who grew up with that kind of thinking? Uh yeah. Um rescue requires work. I, I'm I was um recently reminded of the boys stuck in the cave. Oh yeah. In Thailand? In, in Thailand I think I it think was. So and how it took weeks to figure out the strategy and it was messy and it cost people's energy and effort and time. Um, they had to strategize, they had to figure it out, they had to make sure the boys were all right where they were. Mm -hmm. Like even before they rescued, they had to send food in. They had to make sure that the, the boys were being fed. Um, they had to make sure the boys were being cared for like they, they sent medical equipment in which is crazy to think about that they couldn't pull them out but they can get all this stuff in mm -hmm. i do think that when it comes to that picture of rescue we got to be reminded that there are seasons where we're called to send things in to care for people where they are like the transformation may not happen right away but we're going to do everything we can to make sure that we're providing and what i love is when Zacchaeus comes to the saving knowledge of Jesus. His response is, well, I'm going to change this and I'm going to change this and I'm going to change this. But Jesus didn't wait to the change to find Zacchaeus and sit at a table with him. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I think for us, it just means practically like we need to be concerned. We need to care. We need to spend energy. Um, we need to risk loving. And like I talk about quite often, we need to risk loving and losing. Like there's times where this doesn't always turn out well. Um, but it doesn't mean that we're not actively participating in the work of rescue. Um, I, I've heard this story told. Hey, Zacchaeus' story with Jesus is like, imagine a big elaborate dinner party thrown by a wealthy businessman in your city. And he rents out, you know, he, he, does, he rents out a bunch of tables and, and chairs and they come to his big mansion and he invites everybody. But the guest of honor is uh, a poor man from the neighborhood that nobody would dare walking in. And it's just obvious that this guy's living different. He's dressed different. He comes in and he's the guest of honor. And, and that's this picture. And I, I completely and totally think that's not the right picture. Mm -hmm. Jesus went to the poor man's table. Like Jesus went to the, and, and sat in the brokenness of Zacchaeus, to your point. Zacchaeus didn't have time to prepare. What it was is what it was. And, and what I love about that is, who else do you think Zacchaeus invited to that table? But his friends and those who were also broken. So Jesus finds himself in a community of people that were just what no one else expected, but everybody who he came to, sit, to seek and to save. 
I think that needs to be our perspective. Mm-hmm. And for it, it's so amazing how it's the silly things. For me, it's 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 odd because it's like dumb things like professional wrestling or my love of basketball or you know my love of coffee uh, uh, or art. And and I find myself in these circles where I'm like. I have an opportunity to bring light to dark places. If the only place you exist is where everybody's light, I I feel like we're losing out on the mission that God's called us to for this specific season. And it is a season and time is running out. That's the the truth of scripture, right? Like Mm -hmm. there is a day coming where no man would work. So we have to be committed to the sloppy work of rescue because it's sloppy and it takes time and it's not this magical, man, if I could just get them to that 30 seconds of of an altar call, it, it takes, it takes time, but it's what we're what we're called to do. With that said, to your point, I believe in the local church. So I believe so much of that transformation actually happens on Sunday mm-hmm. mornings, happens on Wednesdays in small groups, happens because relationships are formed there and then kind of bleed out outside of that. So I'm all about the church, but I, I think it's time that uh, as believers, we step into the role of saying, no, no, we're called to bring light and love and tell people to come and see the goodness of God. Yeah, absolutely. I am. Um, the series, like, I know we plan things out ahead of time, but I really didn't see this coming. And yet, as we've gotten into it, it feels like this is just going to be one of those pivotal seasons for us to just be available to God in the way that he would use us. And I think we're going to look back and be like, man, that come and see series. But I also think that about every series because God's really cool. Um, That said, where are we headed? Oh, I cannot wait. So this is the big conversation of the woman at the well. And um, I I think probably one of the more poignant conversations that Jesus has in scripture with somebody that speaks to today's culture and climate. Um, You see Jesus approach her with truth in love you see transformation like it's such a great story even the way that she attempts to derail the conversation with religious rhetoric almost like uh oh yeah but what are your politics and jesus is quick to like no no you don't understand this is so much bigger than anything you've heard any talking news head at this point like they're missing it this is the idea and i cannot wait to break this passage open it's going to be a ton of fun that's awesome well we would love to see you sunday morning at 10 a.m right here streaming on youtube or in person at center city church